In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes, that we might increase our faith and trust in a God who has our best interest at heart. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we're continuing on this sermon series where we're kind of unpacking these parables, sort of piece by piece by piece. And, and a big part of understanding a parable is really understanding the context that it's set in. And so understanding this parable means that we first have to understand what sort of is happening in Jesus's story at this time. And so what's happening in Jesus's story at this time is that he's getting toward the last few days of his life before the crucifixion. And so he's starting to get this information out to his disciples and and, and trying to, to get them to a point where they understand, okay, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And what can I expect out of that relationship that I have with Jesus? And, and he's just had somebody come up to him recently. Called the, he's called the rich young ruler or the rich young man. And he comes up to Jesus and, and he says, yeah, what do I need in order to be saved? And Jesus says back to him, basically, they get into this conversation about, well, first you have to obey the Ten Commandments. And, and he says, well, I think I've done that. And Jesus goes, yeah, okay. Um, uh, and then uh, he gets into the, the final thing that he asks of the rich young ruler. He says, sell all that you have and leave it and follow me. And the rich young ruler, the rich young man walks away sad. And there's a little bit of that story that I think kind of drifts over into this parable as we're taking a look at it. And so we start off with the parable here in Matthew 20. And it starts off, Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And yeah, one of the interesting things about this parable, there's some, some people that think that this possibly is sort of Jesus taking a riff on a story that, that it was well known during his time. There's another rabbi who later on, after Jesus, tells a, a very similar story. And they, they think, hey, may, maybe there was some other story, some third story that we don't know that, that both of them were, were sort of uh, improvising off of. And, and so... Uh, there's something interesting about the story just in general. And and then uh, the other thing is that it's sort of unheard of that a master himself would go out and hire people for his vineyard. That's what he has a foreman for. And we know that he has a foreman because the foreman shows up later on in the story. But here the master goes out himself in order to hire people to go and work in his vineyard. And as he does that, we get into the next verse there. And it says, after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. That's important information for us to hold on to there. He agrees with the laborers for a denarius. Now, it's important for us to remember that, and, and if you weren't here last week, you probably don't know what a denarius was. Uh, last week, we talked about talents, and we talked about denarii, and uh, a talent is a whole lot of money, and a denarii, one single denarii, was about fair. It, it, it was about normal for a day's work. Uh, it was neither generous, nor, nor was it you know, sort of holding back. It was pretty much what 
the job would have paid. Uh, and, and yet, there's the seemingly this sort of bargaining that's going on uh, because the master is, is having to agree with them over the price. And so it's sort of like the master goes out and he's picking people to, to work in his vineyard and they get into sort of this labor dispute. Uh, you know, he's talking to early members of the AFL-CIO and, uh, and, and as they're talking, uh, you know, they, they finally arrive at this, this point where they go, okay, we think a denarius is fair. And the master agrees with them. And he says, okay, the denarius is fair. And, and that's interesting because if you hold that in your mind, what he does with the next few people is also kind of interesting. In fact, what, where there's a lack of that agreement is, is interesting. And so it goes on. Uh, and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them, he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. And, and so there you have no agreement. You, you, you just have kind of this sense of the, the, uh, the agreement here is I'm going to treat you fairly. I'm going to treat you right. And, and so those laborers then go into the vineyard with sort of this promise that they're going to be treated right. They're going to be treated well by this master. And so they went. And then going out again at about the sixth hour and about the ninth hour, he did the same Thing. And so it says he did the same. So, so there, he, he's still giving them that promise. I'm going to treat you right. I'm going to do what's right here. And, and then he goes out at the 11th hour and, and he found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. Now, there, you, you maybe want to stop, and you want to, you know, it would be totally fair for the master to be like, look, I've been at this place three other times, guys, and you weren't here. Like, yeah, nobody has hired you because you were sleeping in. Uh, no, nobody was hire, hiring you because you weren't here, maybe. Uh, but but the, the master totally glosses over that, and, and you know, just uh, to these people, he says, additionally, um, he, he says to them, you go into the vineyard too. And there he doesn't even tell them, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do what's right. Uh, and he, he just says, you go. And they go. And then when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages. And it says, beginning with the last and up to the first. And, and so you get this sense that the master here is, he's, He's doing something with those people who signed up at first. And, and in some ways, you kind of wonder, like, uh, is, is the master doing them dirty? You know, they, they, he knows what he's going to do. And we know, because we just read it, and because this is a fairly common parable, we know what's going to happen here. We know that what is going to happen is that the people who showed up at 11 are going to get a denarius. And that means that all of the people who showed up at 6 in the morning are going to be like, oh boy, I'm going to get way more than a denarius out of this. And that doesn't happen. Instead, what, what happens is this. He, he's, it says, uh, when those hired at the 11th hour came, they first received a denarius. Now, when they, uh, those hired came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also 
received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only an hour, and you've made them equal to us. And we have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. Now, there's something to that. Uh, You you know, there's something to to that sense of like, hey, you gave us exactly what you told us that you were going to give us, but uh, it's not enough anymore. It reminds me of this story of, of Robin Williams. Um, uh, Robin Williams uh, did, he, he voiced the genie in Aladdin, if you remember. And uh, Robin Williams agreed to voice the genie for Aladdin at a, a bargain basement price. He, he agreed to voice the genie for, a, normally he would get $8 million in, in order to, to do something like that. And yet he said, uh, because he had a young son at the time and he wanted to leave something behind for his young son, uh, and, and because Disney said, we just don't have the money, buddy, uh, he, he said, well, you know what I'll do? I'll do it for $75,000. Yeah, that compared to $8 million, that, that's a lot. They got a really cheap deal out of getting Robin Williams to voice the genie. And, and, and so when that happened, it was all well and good. It, it came out in the movie theaters, and it became a huge blockbuster hit. And, and Disney made millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions. And all of a sudden, Robin Williams was no longer happy with his deal. And it wasn't because Disney had somehow said... We're going to renege on the deal that, that we made. We, it wasn't that Disney had agreed on a certain price and they said, well, we're not actually going to give you that. What happened instead was that Disney made more money than what they thought they would. And because of that, Robin Williams all of a sudden felt like he was being treated unfairly. And so he, he cried out, and there, there was a big legal battle, and it eventually gets solved by Disney buying him a very expensive painting that he can, hide, uh, that he can put up in his house as a settlement. But there, there's something there that helps us to understand maybe what's going on here. And, uh, and yet this master is a little bit less conciliatory than what Disney was. So, so this master, he, he says, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or you do, do you begrudge my generosity? And there's this moment there where he says, take what is yours and go. Which I at least, you know, if we're applying this spiritually all of a sudden, that's probably the scariest thing that I can hear come from the mouth of Jesus, to come from the mouth of God. 
is that sense of uh, take what you what belongs to you and get out of my face. It, it even seems like there, there's a little bit of finality there if, if you're, you're looking at this in the original languages, that there's a finality there that maybe means that you take what is yours and go, and tomorrow when I go out to look for laborers, I'm not hiring you because you begrudge my generosity. And yet, so often we begrudge the generosity of God ourselves. We look at those people that we go, well, how could God forgive them? How could God be generous to those people? How could God work in the hearts of those? And as we follow this story, we begin to see maybe a little bit of ourselves and how we might begrudge God and his generous forgiveness for the world, his generous working with the the rest of all of creation. Because we think, well, we think that we're pretty special because maybe we've been working really hard. Maybe we've borne the burden of the day. Maybe we've, we feel like we've been working in the heat. But to God, this isn't about how much you've done. To God, this is about his generosity. It's a funny word, that word generosity. It's the same root word there that uh, is in Genesis the same root word that's in generation. Uh, that, that gen root word means kind of the beginning of something. That from that gen springs all sorts of things. And, and so here, what Jesus is telling his disciples and what he's telling us clearly is that it's not about the work that we do but it's about the life that he implants in us through his generosity, which is good news because some of us are not the people who were hired at six in the morning. Some of us were the people that were hired at the 11th hour. Some of the, us are even people that were maybe on the fence if we really even want to take the master up on his offer to go and work in the vineyard. But what God is telling us here is that in that offer, there is a generosity, a life-giving opportunity that if we follow Jesus, and if we say, Lord, I'm here, I'm going to do however much or however little as you would have me do as your disciple, that he promises you a generosity, a life that's going to be implanted into your soul and into my soul. And from that life, we are going to experience the fullness and the joy of what God has to give to all people. And so may you go out this week and may you know that you have been paid generously. You have been served generously by a God who has brought you his word and his forgiveness. 
so that you might have life. Amen.